0: So the reading from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord And all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers. The flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers. The flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up.
1: Hi everyone, I want to say a big thank you for having me here today. It's really encouraging just coming across from Covent Garden to see the work pressing on here. So keep pressing on and keep speaking about Jesus. Allow me to pray before we look at God's word together. But this is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Our Father, we do pray that we might hear your voice. Today, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, some of you might remember back in 2016, um, there was the oil price collapse. And back then, I was working in the bank, and there was huge uncertainty in the bank. Um, The the company I was working for had huge exposure exposure to the oil and gas industry. Uh, Lots of non-performing loans uh, during that year. Share price tumbled 40% year on year. And I was part of the credit risk department, and overnight, uh, night after night, we were churning out credit reports for the CEO. You can tell the atmosphere in the company was really unsettling. Whether you were there in 2016 or 2008 or 2001, well, I'm sure you're all there. Last week, the pound going down, inflation numbers revised upward, recession, not if. But when? Winter is coming. Gas prices, they're going up. Uh, The cost of my Pratt coffee has definitely gone up. And job security. One of the members at Covent Garden, uh, he told me he is waiting on an email next Wednesday uh, to find out whether he still has a job. And so when the future looks uncertain, where do we look for comfort? Well, perhaps some of us, we have a reasonable nest egg, so we're not too worried about recession. And I guess the big uncertainty, or maybe we should call it certainty, is death. It is the certain future that we all face, and sadly for some, sooner rather than later. Because in the face of death, all man-made solutions, they are rendered useless. No nest egg, no insurance plan, no alternative investment can offer hope. And so when death is on the horizon, when the future is uncertain, when all hope is lost, where do we look for for comfort? Well, let's see what the living God has to say to us today. Well, just for today, we are in the book of Isaiah, and you might wonder, what has an ancient book have to say to us uh, today? Well, you see, except that the book of Isaiah it was written into a period of tremendous, uh, tremendous uncertainty. See, the original heroes of Isaiah, uh, within the generation, they experienced the fall of the northern tribe of Israel, the kinsmen. And, you know, we need to kind of feel the trauma they were, they were experiencing. So imagine with me. Uh, Russia has taken, off, uh, taken over the uh, whole of Europe and has landed on Scottish shores. Edinburgh has fallen. And they start to sweep down south. Newcastle, Leeds, Sheffield, Nottingham, Cambridge, Stansted. No more cheap flights uh, with Ryanair. And everyone is carted off to the motherland. See, the 10 tribes of Israel swept away like sweeping dust off the ground. And the people in Judah, they hear the artillery shells not far away, screams of help. Their cousins, their uncles, their aunts, their, their family cut it off to motherland. What do people feel? Uncertainty, anxiety, and fear. Well, in God's great kindness, He, he saves Judah, uh, just as the Syrian army was at the gates, but something worse is coming. Look at chapter 20, uh, 39, verse, verse 5. 39, verse 5. Then Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of the Lord of hosts. Behold, the days are coming when all that is in your house and that which your fathers have stored up till this day shall be carried to Babylon. Nothing shall be left, says the Lord. Babylon is coming. All hope is lost. No last minute rescue, no backup plan. Has any nation in ancient history ever come out of exile? No. All hope is lost. This is the death of the nation. This is the end of history. And so like us, they look into a future which is uncertain and death on the horizon. And so that is the question. When all hope is lost, where will they or where will we find comfort? The answer, look at chapter 40, verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people says your God. See, when all hope is lost, we find comfort in God. Well, firstly, we find comfort in God's word of promise. Again, in verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned. That, we, that she has received from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. Do you notice the tone uh, in, in those words? Comfort, comfort. My people speak tenderly to her. It's compassionate, it's caring, it's an arm around your shoulder. And for his people, God, he promises real comfort. And the words of comfort that are spoken here are words of a future return from exile. Verse 2, her warfare has ended, her iniquity is pardoned, and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. It is an amazing promise of rescue and restoration. And again, this promise of comfort is, is no small promise. It's not comfort when you missed out on that Airbnb that you're looking to book, this afternoon. It's not comfort when you miss out on that role you were striving to for a long time. This is nothing less than resurrection life. You see, exile, it means the certain death of the nation. No nation in the ancient history has ever returned from exile. Yet, God says, comfort, comfort. And so as we look into the future, what do we see? We see dark clouds of uncertainty approaching. But what do we hear? Comfort, comfort my people. But what will God rescue? What do we look like? Well, the next bit of in a passage, it breaks down into three parts. And you might notice that there are lots of loud voices in our passage, lots of shouting. Look down to verse 3. A voice cries. Again in verse 6, a voice says cry. And down to verse 9, lift up your voice with strength. There's lots of shouting in the next bit of the passage. But what is all the shouting about? Well, it's the shouting about the arrival, the arrival of God. Look at verse 3. Firstly, he will arrive, and all will see his glory. You know, there's a stark difference from your managing partner or your CEO getting his PA to pass your message uh, compared to him arriving in person at your desk. And that's the picture here. God, he arrives in person in the flesh. Verse 5, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. But there's an even bigger difference when, I guess, your CEO, he walks across the office floor. What sort of movement do you see on the office floor? Perhaps people are are trying to avoid his gaze, uh, keeping their heads down, not wanting to make eye contact with him. But what happens when God walks across the desert? Look at verse 4. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low, and the uneven ground shall become level and rough places are plain. Let me suggest the description there of the high places being made low. Well, it's not primarily geographical, but theological. Because in Isaiah, the high places, they represent the proud, the lofty, and the arrogant. And so when God arrives in person, it's the arrogant, the proud, that will be brought low. You see, God, he will arrive in person And the proud and all will see his glory. But then you hear the voice of uh, the cynic in the office, and he says, is your God actually coming? Why is he taking so long? It's been 2,000 years. Are you sure he still remembers? Look at verse 6. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass, and it's all its beauty is like flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. You see, his promised arrival, it will outlast all flesh. The problem with us humans is that I think we are all chronological snobs, we think, about, we think that our understanding of the present defines the past and the future. We think we know better than the past. We think the future will be similar to our present experience. No one ever comes back from the dead. Therefore, it will never happen. But you see, historically, there was the resurrection of Israel. It did happen. The nation came back from the dead. 150 years after it was prophesied. And so the cynics of Isaiah's day were long gone, like grass where the Lord blows. And the great cynics of our day will be long gone. The hitchens of the world, gone. The Dawkins of this world, going gone. His promised arrival will outlast all flesh. Verse 8. The grass us. The flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. And what would be like when he arrives? There are two great descriptions of God. Look to verse 10. Behold, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. A warrior, that is the arm of the Lord. For his enemies, they will face his judgment. But how about his people? Look at verse 11. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. You see, sheep are not very bright creatures which actually is a very good description of us in the face of uncertainty. See, in the face of uncertainty, we all act like sheep. We don't know where we are going. We find ourselves lost, stuck in a ditch, and we don't know the way. But the shepherd, he does. Verse 11 again. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. And so in the face of uncertainty, when all hope is lost, where do we find comfort? Or well, we find comfort in God, in his word and his arrival. See, for the nation of Judah, with the memory of their kinsmen, have been carted off to exile, still fresh in their minds, what do they see? They see the certain death of their nation. But what do they hear? They hear the words of comfort, comfort my people. And this is the word from God for us today. When they look forward, we look back. A voice Christ in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. John chapter 1 verse 14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the Father full of grace and truth. There is comfort in the person of Jesus. A friend of mine Um, I was chatting with him in the face of recession. Um, He was telling me that he's been looking for alternative investments um, to find some sort of security. And because cryptocurrency is down, um, he was telling me he was looking into Rolex watches. Then he found out that you can't just walk into a store and buy a Rolex watch. Um, All he got was a name card from the store manager and a promise that he would be on the waiting list. And that is what you're left with, without God in the face of uncertainty, scrambling around for some semblance of security, being put on the waiting list to buy something. But with God, you have so much more. You have the word of promise, comfort, comfort my people. So which will you choose, a name card or God in the flesh, Jesus himself? And there is real comfort when God arrived. When all hope is lost, the Lord Jesus, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Verse 12 again, He will tend His flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in His arms. He will carry them in His bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Because in the face of death, all hope is lost. No nest egg will protect you, no insurance plan, no alternative investment. But with the arrival of God, there is real hope. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. There's real comfort in the person of Jesus. Last thing before we we end our time, uh, there was something really interesting in a passage, I'm not sure if you notice it. In verse 9, did you notice the two words there? Going up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Good news, that is the word gospel. It is the very first time the word good news or gospel comes up in the whole Bible. What is the good news? Well, it is right there in verse 9. Behold your God. It is the arrival of God. And that is the good news, the arrival of God in the person of Jesus. And indeed, that is the best news for this world. In a world that is dying, when all hope is lost, there is good news because Jesus has arrived. So let me encourage you, despite all that's happening, to take this good news back to the office uh, because it's Jesus in Him that there's the only comfort in this uncertain world. Verse 1, as we close. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Our Father, we give you praise that you did not leave us to our own devices, but you sent your Son to come and save us. We praise you that he is a good shepherd, that the good shepherd has laid down his life for the sheep. And all those that listen to him will never perish, but will have everlasting life. And we give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.